has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, he
are still kind of figuring out the church. We're going to send kids to camp is, <laughs> is what we're going to do. So when you are, and I'll like put this on Facebook and hopefully we'll have it on our bulletin next week. Um, when you're registering online, there will be like a code, like a church code spot. And our church code is ALMA2022. So we'll have it written down somewhere. And then it won't, then that means that the church will then be responsible for your payment and you won't have to put any payment information in or anything like that. So, yeah. Alma um, 2022. Yep. And uh, on the back of your bulletins, you have the different dates for camps. So make sure you take a look at that and uh, see if they can attend. And I'll, I'll make sure you pay attention, parents, that uh, um, on the different camps, depending upon. Um, their grade they can choose if they want to go to the lower or the upper so like if there's yeah whatever they've completed so like if they've completed second grade they can choose to go to one camp or the other so um, just to pay attention to that also we still have eggs in the back so please take them enjoy them there's three dozen left so please uh, get them and gobble them all up and uh, I think that's it we don't really have much Someone will be here for women's group. Amy won't because she'll be taking care of me. Jen doesn't want to be by herself, so it's all good. It's not a shady neighborhood or anything, so you're. Uh, as always, uh, if you consider Alma Church your your home. There are ways in which you can give to continue to help us do the mission of God's work in here. And uh, you can do it in the box in the back, through the mail, or online at almanaz.org. Let us go ahead and we'll, we'll pray over the offerings that we have received throughout the week. Oh God, we have beheld your goodness to us. Accept the offerings of the work of our hands and use us for the sake of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our first reading today is Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 11 and 17 through 18. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, The man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. 
Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick of dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. They will be enslaved and mistreated for a hundred years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, To your descendants I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, Thanks be to God. Our next song this morning is The Solid Rock. Um, it is number 436 in your hymnal if you want to follow along there. Um, we're just going to continue to sing about um, God and praise him and just how he is our solid rock and, and he's always there for us. So join with me as we continue.
have our um, second reading this morning. Is that right, Philippians? Okay. I guess I have to find it. It wasn't open for me. <laughs> uh, Philippians three seventeen through four one. Okay. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers, you... You whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. This is the word of the Lord. Together, say thanks be to God. Our next song this morning is um, Do It Again. And I, I was just, I was going over it this morning and just thinking like how God's always there for us. And we, we get anxious, we get worried, we, you know, um, I was, I think it was earlier this week or whatever, um, pastor surgery's coming up, and that makes us both a little, you know, anxious, it's unknown kind of a thing, but um, God is always faithful, and he's always there, and he will, he will do it again over and over. Um, there's another song, I don't remember what it's called, but it says, um, you have provided, so why would I question you now? Um, and it just kind of goes through, like, you've always been there. You've always provided for me, so why am I questioning you when something new comes up, something big comes up? Um, and, and it's not always easy. It's not always uh, simple to just say we're not worried, we're not afraid. And that's okay. We can, you know, we can be worried, we can be afraid, but God is always faithful. Um, and he will do it again.
gospel reading today is going to be in Luke chapter 13 verses one, uh, 31 through 35. So if you're able, uh, please stand for the reading of God's word today in Luke chapter 
13, verses 31 through 35. It says this. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, the next day I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Lord, open your word by your Holy Spirit so that we, like Abraham, may believe your promises to us today. It is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. So, how many of you have ever made a pinky promise? I figured those two would, because that's, that's a whole thing. <laughs> there was a thing going around in our household uh, for a while that was just like, Elizabeth or Christopher would come up to us and say, Pinky promise? And we'd say, well, what are we promising? Pinky promise? But, but, but for what? What's the deal with that? Today we're going to be talking about the idea of promises and the promise of God. But before that, I want to continue to remind us of this prayer that we are praying throughout this Lenten season. Because instead of talking about ways that we can take things out of our lives or to add things into our lives, we're just praying that God might refresh us this season. Refresh our hearts and our minds and our souls, our strength. And so uh, I just continue to remind you to pray this prayer every day so that the Lord might refresh you as we prepare for Easter. So... Promises are one of those things. Uh, I, I have to laugh because uh, Stan came in this morning. He's like, dude, I totally forgot about coming over and helping move your bed. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's the way promises go. And that's no fault of your own. You're busy. You have a wife. You have a daughter. You have a life. You're redoing uh, an entire house and all that stuff. And I know Chan can keep you busy just doing all that. Plus, you have all your toys that you want to play with. It, there's an aspect as adults we begin to grow and learn and understand that promises are not very easy to keep because life always seems to get in the way as soon as you make those promises. As children, promises are like gold, right? If, if mom or dad says, oh, I promise, then you can guarantee that the child for the next 30 days is going to be reminding you of that promise until you fulfill it. And if you don't, you will hear about it time and time again about how you, you promised me. <laughs> and so here we have an opportunity to look at how 
we serve a God of promises. And unlike pinky promises, or unlike the fact of how we as adults make promises and life happens and so we have to break them sometimes, not because we don't care, not because we have evil intentions, but simply because life happens, we get to look at the God who always fulfills the promises made to us. In order to do that, we're going to be looking back at the text that was read uh, by Pastor Jessica in Genesis primarily, but then we'll also be looking at this Luke text as well. But as we focus on the cross and prepare our hearts and minds for Easter, we must see how the Lord is one of promise. Everything that we do, everything that we are doing here today, the songs that we sing are ones of promise. When we receive communion, it is one of promise. When, when we read the word of God and we say, thanks be to God, that is, that is a promise. Because we are, we are professing that we believe that this word is so good that we can give God thanks for it. Every aspect of our faith is built upon these promises from God. And it didn't start with us either. It started with Abraham. One of the main texts I want us to look at is in Genesis 15, verse 2. We, we need to see here that there is a difference because uh, there, there's, a, there's a small complication here. You see, Abraham, at this point known as Abram, because he had not yet seen the fulfillment of the promise, so God has not yet changed his name, and Sarai, who had not yet been changed to Sarah, the one who laughed because she gave birth to Isaac, um, which Isaac means the one who laughs. Uh, we, we have here Abram struggling. All throughout this beginning section, he, he uprooted his family, left everything he had, came into a land where he had no idea what was going on, had a famine, had to go down to Egypt, had to lie about who his wife was so that they didn't potentially try to kill him because his wife looked so hot. And so then uh, that caused problems. He then leaves Egypt, comes back into the land that God said, yeah, I'm going to give you. Loses his, his nephew who gets taken by some people, has to fight them, bring them back. Life isn't going so great. And yet all of this is built upon the promise that God said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And yet Abram and Sarai have not yet even had a child. They can't have a child. And so Abram, in all of his humanity, looks at God and in verse 2 says, Oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my household is Eleazar of Damascus. What are you up to, God? What are you doing? I don't understand how this is working because you said this. But this is the reality of my life right now. Now the wrinkle is the fact that we're often told that we're not supposed to demand signs from God. We're not supposed to demand that God show us because God's ways are not our ways and his plans are not our plans. And, 
And then it, even Jesus, when he was tempted in the desert, said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So we have all these things. And so then we look at what Abram did here. We say, well, how does that work? There's, there's a fine line here between demanding signs from God and asking God for help in your belief. To demand from God signs, Abram here would have been saying, Lord, you need to do this right now in this way how I want it. There's only once that I can think of offhand where that ever worked, and that was Gideon, and he isn't always the best example for us to follow, so we'll set that off to the side. Uh, but normally, that doesn't work to tell God what he's going to do. Imagine that. I can't imagine why that isn't a good idea. But but what Abram is doing is he's saying, Lord, you, you said this. And I believe it, obviously, because I've left my family. I've come here, but I'm struggling with the next phase. Help me out. And that is something for us to hold on to when it comes to our lives as both individuals as well as a church. God, you've given us these promises. But right now, life doesn't look like that. Can you help me understand? And so then we go to verses 11, or 10 and 11, where God says, okay, get these animals around. And this is kind of a little bit out there for us. We don't do sacrifices anymore. Jesus was the end of sacrifices. And so for us to take these animals, and, and this isn't actually even a sacrifice. This is actually what uh, they did to make promises. You want to talk about people promises. Cham, you got some of those rabbits? We can make a totally different promise here. You know? <laughs> we'll lay them out here. You know, you, you have to slaughter them anyways. We <laughs> sorry, maybe that was too far. Um, anyways, here what Abraham is doing, Abram is doing, is he's taking these animals and by splitting them in half, then God passes through them, the the burning torch and the boiling pot. That was all so that God may say, look. This promise is going to happen, and if it doesn't happen, I will become like these animals. Think about that for a second. God is saying, this promise is going to happen, and if not, if I can't fulfill these promises, then I will gladly become like these animals that were cut in half. Pretty confident, then, that God's going to fulfill the promise. And that's God putting a stake in the ground saying, this will happen. This will take place. I will stay true to my word. You can count on it. And that is huge for Abram as he continues to strive for understanding what God had called him to. Because it's such a, a crazy thing to leave family and household to seek out a land that is possessed by other people with the hopes of being a blessing to all the nations. So, 
when we shift now to Luke, and we see Jesus here, he is preparing to go into Jerusalem. He's preparing to go to the crucifixion. He is, he is preparing for death. And he's trying to fulfill this promise that was made all the way back to Abram. To become a blessing to all the nations. The only way that God's people could become a blessing to all the nations was to be made pure and holy and like God. And so Christ had to come to create a way in which we could do that. That's what Philippians is about where Paul's saying, imitate me as I am imitating God. And we talked about a lot of that in Sunday school. If you missed it, oh, too bad. Um, that's what you get for not coming to Sunday school. Little, oh, sorry, is that that's that to me too? Sorry, man. I'm getting feisty today, apparently. Uh, but the deal is, is that Jesus is trying to fulfill the promise. And now, this is there's a little side note here that I want us to, to pay attention to. The, who, who comes to warn Jesus about what's going to happen? The Pharisees, right? The Pharisees come. Now, we often want to peg the Pharisees as these bad people, but not all the Pharisees were these bad people. Some of the Pharisees were on Jesus' side, and Jesus didn't always yell at the Pharisees for doing all the wrong things. Some did, and yes, the Pharisees, some of them had their hands in helping Jesus be crucified, but not all of them. Nicodemus is one example of a Pharisee who who actually sought out Christ. Another Pharisee was one who helped take him off the cross and put him in the tomb. So not all the Pharisees are bad. And here we get another example of the Pharisees coming and saying, Jesus, hey, heads up, we don't want you to die, but Herod's trying to find a way to kill you. Just think about that. Sometimes we peg people as bad and then we don't read the nuances that happen in Scripture. But here Jesus is coming along. And what sticks out here is in verse 34 where he says, over Jerusalem, what is happening? You had such great hope and promise. I've been building you up to be a people, to be a nation that would be a blessing. And all you do are the ones who kill my people. You kill the prophets that I send. And then he says, I, I just desire to gather your children like a hen gathers her brood under her wings. I think of uh, all you mothers, when your child gets hurt or when you don't know where your child's at, how quickly do you race to try to figure out what's going on? You, you, you want to protect them. You want to care for them. You want to nurture them. And here Christ is coming and saying, I want to care and nurture. I, I want to fulfill this promise so Desperately, that it's like a mother hen caring for her chicks. That's the severity of Christ's desire to keep this promise. To make a great nation by bringing in people and raising them up. It's a beautiful picture of the love of Christ and his faithfulness to us. Of course, then we come to the fact of like what this actually does within our lives and how this is shaping us. And the first thing that I want us to understand is that 
with these promises that we see and, and how God has been shaping us and moving us, because really this is just one long story, right? From Genesis chapter 12 all the way to here, this is, this is all one story. In fact, the Bible is one story, even though it's multiple books. I wrote a paper on it. It's like 25 pages long if you want to read it. Um, it it's great. It's like three pages of references for college. It, it was amazing. Amy had to edit it like three times. Um, <laughs> poor Amy. Anyways, uh, <laughs> The thing is, what we see from Scripture and what we see here specifically from Abram is that our faith allows room for us to wrestle with God. Our faith allows room for us to struggle with God, to, to not always understand and to question. Now, I, I underlined three times the word with. That's very important. We're not struggling against God. We're not saying, Lord, I thought you were going to do this. How dare you break, you know, like a child does to a parent when he says, you promised me. How dare you? Why would you break? But to wrestle with God is to say, Lord, I'm trying to follow you and I believe in you, but right now I'm struggling. So please come to my aid. Please help me. Let me understand. And it gives us room to wrestle with that and to be okay. If, if you're wrestling with what God is doing within your life today, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian or that somehow your faith is less than. It means you're doing precisely what you need to be doing. But right now, you just need God to show up in a different way. What it also does is it shows that we, we serve a God who will always keep the promises made. Period. End of statement. When God says that I am going to prepare a place for you, we can take that to the bank. When God says that I will be with you even to the end of the age, we can trust in that. When God says, I have given you the Holy Spirit so that you might be empowered to do mightier things than I have done, we can believe in that. These promises will happen. As a church, if we believe that God has made us to be a community of believers who reflect the kingdom of God in this place so that others might see the glory of God, we can believe then that God is trying to shape us and move us to be a community of believers who are going to reflect the kingdom of God. And that it will happen. Of course, we can then choose to push against that or to, to make that happen easier but that's a different message. But finally, the fact that the relationships that we enter into both with God and with the church is built upon these promises. When we become Christians, we profess that we believe in God, which means we are professing that we believe in the promise. And when we join with the body of believers, we are professing that we believe in the promise that we are going to care for one another, to love one another, to be there, to support, to, to sometimes say difficult words. Not hurtful words, but difficult words to help each other grow. 
We are going to care for each other's needs. When one of us has a struggle, we're going to be there. That's the promise that we have as we come together in this relationship that we join in. And so I encourage you today to look within your life. To see where those promises have been made evident. And if you're struggling today, don't feel bad. Ask God. Say, Lord, help help me. Help me to see. Help me to understand. I, I, I know that you've called me to this. I know that you've shown me this. But life really isn't working out that way right now. And I need you to help me see clearly. To refresh my eyes. To understand the promise that you gave. Part of the ideas of these promises is the fact that when we pray, we believe that God hears us. And not only that God hears us, but God cares enough to to intervene. In fact, we, we believe in the promise that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father, hearing our prayers and interceding for us as a great high priest, as it says in the book of Hebrews. You can see the different lists of prayers that we have in the bulletin. And I'll mention two others. Uh, Bambi is having surgery on her other hand come the end of April. So we want to be praying for her and the doctors as they uh, prepare to do what they need to to help her. But we also want to be praying for Terry. Um, He was in a bad car accident last night. And uh, he is okay. He went to the hospital, but he is home. But he's still having some issues with his vision. And so we want to be praying for Terry as well. Let us pray to the Lord today on on behalf of our brothers and sisters who are in need, on behalf of the world. And if you're struggling with the promises today, if if you're not seeing clearly, use this time to pray to God to to show you, to help you understand, to say, Lord, I, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. So let us pray today. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the church throughout the world, that all who bear the name of Christ may find true repentance for for their sins and walk in the ways of peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the nations of the world, wherever there is poverty, war, or oppression of human spirit, that all people may repent the evil they do to one another. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the planet Earth, God's gift to humankind, 
that we repent of selfish and thoughtless exploitation and tend it with care so that all may share justly in its bounty. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the leaders of nations, that they may work for the common good of all people and repent of arrogant nationalism, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our enemies, that we may learn to love them with regard for God's compassion, forgiving wrongs and seeking reconciliation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are sick or in trouble, for the defenseless, the weak, and the poor, that they may find help in their time of need and that the church may heed their cry, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Loving God, hear the prayers of your people for the sake of our world. With our prayers, accept the dedication of our lives that we may minister to the world in the name of Jesus Christ, through whom we pray. Amen. The ultimate promise that we have now as believers is that of the Lord's Supper, where we profess the death, the life of Christ, and the coming again of our Savior. And so Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us prepare our hearts to be God's sanctuary. Eternal God, you long to gather your children as a mother hen gathers her brood under her wings. You have made the descendants of Abraham as many as the stars in the sky and the sands in the desert. And in your great mercy you have made us too children of your blessed, unbreakable covenant. In Jesus you came among us in the grace and truth. In his death you showed the depth of our departure from your ways. And in his resurrection, you demonstrate that nothing is impossible with you. And so we gather at your table like angels at the throne, joining the archangels as they continually sing anthems of heavenly praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. God of salvation, you have made us a people for your own possession. And we become yours as you become ours in the sharing of this meal of bread and cup. Send down your Holy Spirit that these tokens of earthly sustenance and heavenly joy may be for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who at supper with his disciples took bread and gave you thanks broke the bread, gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper he took the cup, and again he gave you thanks, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This, Drink this, all of you. 
This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Grace is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. God, our stronghold, as we walk this Lenten journey through the wilderness with you, make this eternal food enough to feed us through times of uncertainty and fear. Soften in us the impulse of greed that we may share the bread of life. We may continue to understand the word we Shape our hearts as long to long for the day when you gather your children to yourself and inspire us to make all who are created in your image our companions at this and others' table until the day when our all hunger is satisfied and every friendship is fulfilled in the company of your Holy Spirit, your Holy Trinity, through whom and with whom and in whom all honor and glory will resound forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one loaf, and the bread which we break is the sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is the sharing in the blood of Christ. And so when we are ready, you may come and receive the elements with us.
join us as we sing the last song. Lord, I need you. Uh, sorry, I need thee every hour. That's the one.
founded in who God is. Fulfilled in Christ as he came to draw his people back to God so that he might fulfill the promise. And we are the, the blessing that have been poured out on the nations. If it was not for that, we would not be here today. And so we can give grace and glory to God. And now we too get to turn that into a blessing to others as we as we reach out. And so sisters and brothers, stand firm in the Lord. The God of reconciliation bless you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ keep you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Strengthen you this day and forevermore. Go in the grace of God. God bless you.